What's up, everybody? Patlin here, and welcome to episode 1188 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today we're talking with Stephanie Taylor, who's over in the UK, and she and her sister have a business together. And you'll hear in this story, there's a little bit of a setup here, but it's very relevant because it deals with the topics of today's lesson and today's coaching call, which is, well, now that we're here, how do we get to the next level? When you find a little bit of success online, you're gonna find that you're gonna come up to perhaps an even bigger challenge than the one that it took for you to get started. And that challenge is, well, now that you're making money, how do we make sure we don't lose it? Now that we're making money, how do we grow and scale it? Now there's all these options. And this is the fork in the road that could either lead to burnout, to making the wrong decisions and feeling bad about it and wishing you had stayed the course to where you were at, to perhaps even fearing a little bit of success and stunting your growth because you're not mentally ready to achieve that success or you might not know what to expect. So we're gonna talk about a lot of things today. One of Stephanie's businesses, you can find her at renttorentsuccess.com and that is essentially a way that you can rent a home and then rent out the home that you're renting out, I believe. This is in the UK, it's like a a term. Actually, let me look it up just so we're clear. When I heard it initially, I didn't know exactly what that meant, but uh, rent to rent properties, right? So rent to rent is when you rent a property from a landlord, then you rent the property out again. Okay, so basically what I was saying, and she and her sister teach this, and they have a course and a membership, but that they were just getting started at the time of this recording. And she came on to ask me, well, what do I do next? And how do I move to the next level? And how do I get over the mental blockages that might happen? And she uh, knocked it out of the park. We uncover a lot of great things here today and some strategies to help her and perhaps you move forward. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Stephanie was just such a pleasure to speak to and uh, such a kind-hearted person, you can tell. And I look forward to hearing what you think about it. So let's enjoy the show. Here she is, Stephanie Taylor from renttorentsuccess.com. That's the number two rent, the number two rentsuccess.com. Stephanie, welcome to Ask Pat. Thank you so much for joining us today. Wow, it's phenomenal to be here. And I'm sure we'll get into a little bit about why when we start talking. I appreciate you for taking the time. You know, I'm here to help you, but I, again, want to thank you for having you allow us to share this to others too. So why don't we first start with, Stephanie, who you are and what you do? I'm Stephanie Taylor. I'm based in the UK, but you can't tell. And I have a business with my sister. We've been in business for the last five years. Before that, we were didn't know much about business at all, apart from thinking that it was something that we would be able to do. And now we have a property management company. It's called HMO Heaven. And we specialize in house shares and transforming them from hellish to heavenly. That's where the heaven comes into it. And HMO in the UK is a, is a shorthand for a house share. We started off managing other people's properties. And now we have our own portfolio of properties. We focus on buying blocks of flats and converting commercial property into beautiful, affordable homes for people. And finally, because we have three kind of buckets of types of business that we have, and the last one is rent-to-rent success. And that's where we teach other people how to get started in property with little money and do it ethically. It's something that Nikki and I, my sister, fell into in our 40s 
And we're so excited to be able to share it with with other people. That's so great. You know, it reminds me of a friend of mine who was getting into real estate a number of years back and he saw a billboard on the side of the street to go to this giant convention that this guy, I'm not gonna mention any names, and he went there and he got all this advice, but then it it just felt a little sleazy. It felt a little salesy. It was just unethical the way they were doing business. And I, having a lot of business experience myself, I was telling my friend about, okay, this is probably what's going to happen. You're going to have to pay thousands of dollars and all this kind of stuff. And lo and behold, all that stuff happened and he didn't feel good about it. So I'm glad and I'm thankful that people like you and your sister are coming up to do it the ethically sound way. And I just want to say thank you for that because that's that's an important part of it. As you know, that's something that's important to me. Definitely. And uh, I think when you have struggled a lot financially and think that it's not an option for you to get involved, I think that's where some of the joy comes from and just saying, actually, yes, it is. And there's a really good way you can do it and feel really good about your business and everyone, everyone you work with. So tell me about what's on your mind. Where can we help you from here? I've got a lot of my mind. I first came across you and I binge listened because the United Kingdom is quite a little island. So I was going on what feels to us like a very big journey, which was from Wales, where I live now, to Scotland, where I used to live. And it's about six to eight hours. So I had a lot of time and I was listening, ask Pat back to back. But that's where I came across Jacques Hopkins on episodes. He was asked Pat episodes. I wrote a note, 1032. And then you had him back on 1048. And I was blown away because I didn't really know a lot about online courses. He found out about the, the, the thing that he does now from your podcast as well. But that's another story. And he quotes the episode where he learned what he learned, which I learned from him. And we both learned it from you. And we created the course and an evergreen funnel with Jacques. And, and that funnel, that as soon as it was into operation, I had so much resistance about the funnel and the creating it and the technology and all of the things. But with the help of a mentor, I was able to get it all up and running in eight weeks, which just, it it blows my mind how much that one thing really changed our lives so much because we set up the funnel and started it off. And the very first month that it was up, there was over 10,000 pounds of sales. I put it in in American as well. It's $13.7,000. That's a good chunk of change right there for a first month, especially. It just felt unbelievable. And my mum came to stay with me in, in Wales and it was a sunny day and we'd gone across and we'd had lunch with her and just enjoying her company and then walked back across the bridge, came home and there'd been a sale. Um, that was the very first sale that was automated through people get us, but they get it in emails and we're not there. And it was just very surreal but it just went on from there and into a six-figure business. It kind of still blows my mind when I think about it, because for decades, I really struggled financially. And you know now our monthly income is more than what I used to earn in a whole year. Yes, it's, it's mind-blowing. Once you, once you see that it's possible, it almost becomes like this whole new world opens up and you start now seeing other opportunities that were always there for you. And it starts with that first sale, though. I remember my first sale. I went on a walk. I came back and I was like, where did this come from? And it, it really opens up your mind and that confidence, which then 
allows you to lean into it even more and, and realize it. And that is really awesome. So I'm proud of you for that. How are you, before I have you kind of help me help you, I'm just curious, how did you get so many people through the program? What was your top of funnel situation to get people sort of in before you sold them your program? I feel like I was just learning it as I was doing it. So I didn't know either, Pat. I thought, how does this work? It just seems a bit mystical. I was told that you to create something that explained what people wanted to know who would buy your program. So in our case, they wanted to know how to set up their rent to rent. Rent to rent is a shorthand for this property strategy where you don't need to own the properties to be able to make money from the cash flow. I created a document, the six-step system to get started in rent-to-rent. It was an overview of what you need to know. This is your lead magnet. This is how you brought people in. And then you had emails go out, I'm assuming, and then you pitch you pitch them the product and now you, you're a six-figure business. That's incredible. Yeah, and we love that business. You know, like yourself, you get the joy of working with people, seeing them have all the light bulb moments and pushing them through all of the mind drama that happens, you know, when you try to do something new. I had a lot of mind drama, so I, I feel like I'm an expert. <laughs> the last year... Uh, This was only in 2019. It's all happened, or it feels like it's happened really quickly. But last year, I did your uh, Power Up podcasting course, and I really loved it. And uh, quite a few people said to me, well, you don't need a course. You just do this, this, and this. And I said, okay, but I just felt like I just wanted to know all of it and just see, make sure, not that I wouldn't miss anything out, but just see everything that was recommended and then just do what I wanted to do. But I find it really amazing. And uh, I got my whole thing done in a long weekend. There was a bank holiday weekend. And I put off doing my podcast for such a long time because I had this sort of confusion in my mind that it was so complicated. And But when I had the course, it really broke it down. And I was able to record all my episodes, get to my art done, everything in just a few days and start putting it up. And um do you know what the podcast, I am getting onto the question, but I just give you a background, but the podcast blew up our SEO. Did it. So your website started to rank because people were finding your podcast. Yeah. So I tell you what happened in 2019, the very first year we had the website and the online course business, we had 6,000 page views. And then in 2020, this is the year we did put up the podcast in May, the end of May. So let's call it the 1st of June, 2020. And in that year, we had 60,000 page view the whole year, 2020. Then so far in 2021, the first four months up until April, we've had 91,000 page views, more than the whole of last year in the first four months. And it just seems to be going up and up and up. And I tell you, one of the biggest drivers of that is that 10% of people who listen to the podcast listen to it on our website. Yeah, especially when people are searching on the internet for answers and then your podcast episode has the answers. It's very easy just to click on that button and go from there. And this is why my team and I, we built a tool called Fusebox to help on the website side of things because most people miss that. So that's really great. That's really amazing. That's helping you in that regard. That I'm assuming is helping business grow even more. And so what's the problem? It sounds like everything is going really well. 
honestly, it is going really well. That is kind of a problem as well because my brain can't take it. So we had been at the same level of, uh, of revenue uh, for quite a long time. And then we were just trying to eke it up to the next landmark. But suddenly, April, so last month, it's more than doubled the income. I, I mean, I don't know whether that's going to continue, but that is freaking me out. So the good thing is, I don't know, I just feel it's a bit out of control or it's too much. Or well, okay, what, what does that money represent? That money represents more customers, right? So there's, there's more people and each and every one of those customers is a human being, a life that you and your sister are helping to change. You're unlocking something for them that they didn't have before. Like that should... I know how you feel, by the way, because I've gone through the exact same emotional roller coaster that you're going through right now. But you should be proud of that. I know you're grateful for it. I know you're proud of it. But at the same time, it's so new to us that it just doesn't feel real. And I'm I, here's a, here's a big question for you: Do you feel like you deserve it? I think I've got a lot of mind work to do about about the money. On a logical sense, I can understand that anyone who wants to can create money. I didn't used to understand that. To do it, you have to go through a lot of mind work and coaching yourself. It sounds like it will be easy when you, oh, my revenue's doubled. Oh, now I'm freaked out. <laughs> we always hear about the fear of failure, but we also hear the other side of the coin, which is the fear of success. And I think that a lot of people, whether consciously or subconsciously, begin to believe that when they are successful, there are new problems that might arise. I know that some people who become successful are afraid of having that much money because they're afraid of losing it all, right? The more money you make, the more money you could lose, and that becomes a scary thing, and many people would rather not have that money to lose, which is a weird thing. It's like you'd rather have less up front than have more and then leave it, but Again, it's our money story that we're telling ourselves. I know for me in particular, it was the way I was brought up, the way I was taught about money, how we were, I came from a low to middle income family where money wasn't very plentiful and we, we had to watch every dollar, watch every penny. And now that it's all coming in, I'm tying those two things together, even though it's a different story, that can be very difficult. A lot of times people are afraid of having more money in different cultures because that means that maybe now more attention will be put on them. Some people especially don't want that. But I always try, at least personally, try to believe that, you know, the money is just a byproduct of how well I'm serving my audience. And with the additional money that comes in, not only am I now able to have financial security for myself and my family, which was the ultimate goal initially, now I can actually reinvest some of that money to help even more people or to hire a team to do a lot of this stuff that I used to do on the daily, right? I can hire assistants or team members to help manage things so that I can actually do more of what I like to do. A big issue that a lot of people have when they grow as fast as you is they start working just as fast as you're growing, like working more. You double the revenue, that means you're doing double the work. And you can only do that so much to a point where you're gonna burn out. And we don't want that to happen either. There's some really interesting things that you have to talk to yourself and your sister about as far as growth and what do you wanna do to reinvest? If you do wanna reinvest, what are your new goals that you might have on the personal side? What do you do with this cash injection? Where might you invest it or how might you put it away for retirement or whatever you choose to do with it? It opens up a lot of new things. Every time we do something new, it becomes scary because we've just never done it before. And now that you have some money coming in, there's new opportunities and that can be, because we haven't done it before, pretty scary because it's like new decisions that we never had to make before. Yeah. Definitely. 
I had a question for you. It's as much about the mind thing. I'll, I'll ask it and then you can see what you think is the best thing to answer. So things are going well for us. We're like blown away by what's happened. We, we wrote a book about rent to rent as well last year in the lockdown that was useful for us. And we did the podcast. We started the podcast in the, in the lockdown as well. And we've recently, we've updated everything within our program because we've now been teaching it for two years. Sorry, not even two years, but we've been teaching it. We've redone all the videos and everything like that. Made it really, really good. So now my brain is worrying about what should I do next? Because should we just focus on this one offer? It's a three-month flagship program. And there's a a membership on the back end that you can only go into if you've been through the program. Or I have lots of ideas. And if we do focus on that, I wonder about what's the best thing to sort of take it to the next level, which I'm also a little bit scared of the next level. (laughs) And the other thing that I had in the idea was more of a passion project and a podcast. Last in the lockdown, I also did a series of videos called Property Game Changers, where I was speaking to people who've really changed the game in property, but have have done it in a way that really serves other people in, in different ways and shown how you can go from nothing to something and also really care for others as you do it. And so I would like to put this now as a podcast and Facebook page and Insta and YouTube and a LinkedIn and all of that. So I understand because I too have millions of ideas and millions of projects that I want to work on. I am working on some of them. But the big question is, how do we make sure that if we are to say yes to this thing, that we are also still managing the things that we need to manage and parts of our life are still there that we want to have there? And this is where, you know, reinvesting some of that money into a team to help to buy time back, essentially, to put into another passion project, if you will. That's one way to think about it. But You know, let's start with the first question more specifically about, okay, if I were to focus on what you have that's working, which you should, you should definitely do that. This isn't common, but it happens. You'll reach success and then you fall complacent. You go, okay, we did it. Yay. And then you don't put in any more effort to continue to make that great or, you know, things change and then you're just like, oh, whatever. You feel like you reached the end line or the finish line already. And that could be detrimental, especially if you have members who are paying monthly and people that you want to help support. So you should continue to focus on what you are doing for sure. And as far as up-leveling that, I would always do it in a way that serves those who are already there. Meaning you can survey or have conversations with your current customers and students to ask them, okay, now that you've gotten this, what else are you struggling with? What might better help you or serve you in a different way that maybe you weren't able to get here? So this could become, you know, you have the membership program, you have the course, maybe it's a mastermind that's a little bit higher end for a smaller group of people. It's very common to do or a group coaching program where you take people, it's not like a DIY situation, but it's more of a done with you situation. You can build an agency type of thing on top of this to do a lot of the work that they need to do for them. So there's a lot of ways to continually upserve, right? Upserve allows you to upsell. And that allows you to make even more money to then reinvest if you want to. This is much better to serve the existing audience that you have because they're going to tell you what they want. And they already know that you can deliver for them as opposed to just guessing and hoping or finding new people. So that's where you can focus to help guide you on what else you might be able to do, if anything. But if you are to choose to work on something else, which you can, I would only pick one other thing. And it seems like you have that passion project in mind. 
And the way that I do it is I like to do this thing called the 20% itch rule, right? Like you have that itch to do something new and you want to scratch it, but I only allow myself to scratch that the new thing 20% of the time. I say yes to the 80%, the things I know I need to do, anything that I can hand off, I will hand off, but things that I need to do, I'm going to do it. I already said yes to it. I don't want to leave it, but I'm now opening up room to say yes to one other thing. And so if you were to consider the days of the week, 80% would be maybe Monday to Thursday. And then Friday is going to be my passion project day. I call that my experimental day or my itch day where I can just do the thing that literally if that fails, that's okay. It's not going to spill over into everything else. It is time and energy that I'm allocating for experimental purposes and because I have this passion and, and because I'm excited about it. But it's contained. That's the thing. Many people, when they start something new, that new thing begins to take over the old thing when you haven't even optimized the old thing yet and it starts to blend into each other. So I try to do it where Monday, Thursday, I'm focused on the things that I know I need to do. And then Friday is my play day. Right now, it's a new YouTube channel in the Pokemon collectible space. Two years ago, it was an invention to help videographers. And that was all done in 20% of my time. And then the other 50 projects I want to do, they're there when... Either one of those things opens up more time or fails or I hand off to somebody else and then I get more time back. So I almost use those new ideas as a reward for when I complete these things because the follow through is really important. But it sounds like there might be room, especially with more income coming in. You might be able to invest that in buying some time to potentially, if you don't have it already, work on this passion project of yours. And, you know, that's the cool thing. You get now two things to get excited about. During the week, you're, you know, working on what you need to work on, knowing that on the tail end of the week, you get to work on your fun project, even though the other stuff is still fun. This is like your new fun, exciting thing. And then the next week you go back knowing that, okay, at the end of the week, you get that again. And, you know, you make progress on it slowly, but surely. And it could, like a lot of the stuff that I've done in that time could take a life of its own too. And then finally, the sort of overarching thing here is just to consider how much do you need to grow? There's a lot of, at least in the US, I know, and it's likely all around the world, especially with us entrepreneurs, it's like, we just want to grow as big as we can as fast as we can. The question is, well, why? Like, do we need to? You might be in a place where if things were to just stay the way they are now, you could be perfectly happy, you could be perfectly stable, everything would be great. There's no real reason to want to have to 2x from here or 10x from here. And I think a lot of people get into that hustle mindset of, go as big as you can, because the bigger you are, the more successful you are. And that's not true. Always consider what makes you happy, what is a good balance for you, no matter what you choose to work on. Wow. It's so powerful when I hear you say it to me, because I've heard you say things before very similar, but it just feels different because I was so confused. It doesn't sound like something one ought to be so confused about. What's the next step? to growing? Should I do the property game changers? Should I not? Should I focus and all this? But that just is such a great way to think about it as Monday to Thursday is one and Friday is the other or whatever. However you want to do it. Because that feels really freeing and it just feels full of opportunity. And I have these other ideas as well. You mentioned about investing the money. So we're good at investing because we're also in property, real estate. So we are buying properties, we're developing them, we're, they're going off in value. And I'm starting, but what the, another exciting thing that we're starting is that we're starting to invest in stocks and shares as well. 
And so I wanted to have another thing to talk about my experience with investing in stocks and shares. And that would be called Steph Invests, just a private thing, not within our business. I could have that later, like after I finished Property Game Changers, it's all up and running and people are doing it and our team knows how to do it. That was causing confusion as well. Oh, now I've got Property Game Changers and I've got Steph Invests and what should I do? And I've got obviously our, our existing business, which I, as you said, I still do find very exciting and rewarding and I I love to be in the businesses. I also have other things that I want to do. Yeah, I mean, you're climbing, you're walking up these steps and we want to take it one step at a time just to be safe, right? I think sometimes when we're kids, I know when we're trying to go up the steps, we try to go five steps at a time and then it's just too much and we might fall and tumble and hurt ourselves. We don't want to do that. And use these other ideas as rewards for unlocking more time and the things that you have now. I really like the stock idea too. I'm into, I'm into that stuff as well. And there's even other ways to do this where maybe it's not a podcast, Facebook group, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. Maybe it's just a private email newsletter that people just pay to get access to. And once a week, when you decide to make decisions on your own stocks, you just share your picks and people, you know, and why you feel that way. And people pay, you know, 10, 20, 30, however many dollars a month to just have access to this email newsletter of yours. And you could simplify it. And then maybe it builds out from there, maybe it doesn't, but that gives you maybe a small outlet. There's a lot of ways where you can still do these things, but do them small, but using the tools that we have still be able to turn them into something. Paid newsletters are getting very popular. ConvertKit has the opportunity for you to create paid newsletters now. And there's other tools like Substack and things that are making that popular. So that's just an option. It's interesting how you had mentioned like it feels so freeing, right? But what made you feel free? Creating these boundaries. <laughs> so by creating a fence around what to do, you actually are now more open, which is like the opposite thing. And that's that's what I found when I got laid off. It was like, oh, well, at least I don't have a nine to five anymore tying me down. I'm just going to do whatever in my business. And as a result of that, I was doing everything. I was out of control. I was working in hours I shouldn't have. I was blending family and business. Whereas once I had those boundaries, here's where I do business. Here's where I don't. This is the time that I do. This is the time that I don't. It opened up more and it just, you can make more progress. It's, it's such a weird thing. That's been so helpful. I just wonder if there's a thing, you know, when you had this, I don't know, brain craziness with earning a lot more money than you used to. Is there anything you would recommend to help with with that? Yeah, I mean, for me, what helped was actually more of an accounting thing where any money more than beyond what I needed to live was put aside and I never even saw it. Meaning it was put aside in retirement or investments where... I didn't like see this huge chunk of change in my checking account. First of all, just if you're an investor, you just shouldn't have it sitting there. It needs to, it's a vehicle for something. You should have it somewhere. But that helped me because I still was living the same way I was living. I still saw the same amount of money that I saw. I just happened to have a much larger retirement account and money put away for my kids' college and, you know, all these other things so that I wasn't making dumb decisions so that I wasn't getting in my own head of like, oh, look, I'm a rich boy now or whatever. I never changed the way I lived. I just had access to more things is all. So that was helpful. And, you know, having other people, other mentors, other friends and colleagues who were also up and comers in the business space, who are also earning to just 
share openly and authentically and honestly just how we were all feeling with each other. And, you know, I would see somebody make maybe not so smart decision and he'd tell us why. And, you know, that would help me avoid that. You know, having a group of people and you're lucky that you have your sister who's a partner and you can kind of probably, you're probably around each other a lot. So you can, you know, feed off of each other and, and help each other out and, you know, see something that the other person didn't because they're so close into it. And that, you know, having that's really, really key. It's all up here. You know, it's all, it's all mindset stuff. And that's what separates those who, who are successful and those who fail. It's, it's really the mind because all this stuff is available to anybody. It's how we choose to use it and how we choose to tell ourselves the story about it. That is so true. And I, I just encourage people, if you're listening and thinking, because I would have listened to that and thought, that's absolute rubbish. It's not available. It's not available to me. I'm not part of this club. That's the story that that, that person's telling themselves, you know. It really is in the mind because I'm still exactly the same person. And it was just at the age of 45 that we originally started in, in business. And within five years in the UK, it's only a very small percentage of people who actually go above a tax threshold, which is only £86,000 a year. Only 5% of businesses in the UK go above that. I was flabbergasted at that. So we're in that very small percentage of businesses and uh, it's just phenomenal. So I just want to thank you again for the time. It's been amazing to be on your show. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I appreciate you for your time and the hard work that you put in. I mean, a lot of people may hear this and go, oh, well, she was lucky. You know, and there is some luck involved. You kind of have to be sometimes in the right place at the right time. But the truth is you could be at the right place at the right time and still get nowhere because it's you taking a hold of these opportunities, you breaking through those mindset barriers and those limiting beliefs. And you and your sister did it. And I'm proud of you. And thank you for sharing this here to hopefully encourage others. So where can people go to follow your journey even more? All the websites and just share it all. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Our main website is at renttorentsuccess.com with rent and then number two, rentsuccess.com. That's the main place. And you can see our property business and our before and afters at hmoheaven.co.uk. And I'm on Instagram. If anybody wants to get in touch, I've started to really like Instagram now. And I'm Stephanie T. Property on Instagram. Very nice. Thank you, Stephanie. We appreciate you. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Stephanie. Again, you can find her at rent2rentsuccess.com, that two being the number to rent2rentsuccess.com. And I wanna wish you all the best, Stephanie. You and your sister are doing some amazing things and keep up the good work. And I'm looking at the website now. It even looks different than what I remember. It looks like you're making changes, you're adding new things, you have a clubhouse area, your podcast, of course, is going. You have the Rent to Rent Success book. You're crushing it. Keep up the great work. So proud of you. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon to see how things progress from here. So if you're listening to this, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you took away something from it. And I look forward to seeing what I might be able to do to help you, whether that's in future episodes. So make sure you hit subscribe. Our Where Are They Now episodes, where we bring people back on at the end of the month and the end of the year to see and check on everybody. And then finally, I might be able to coach you as well. If you go to askpat.com, you can check out the application button there and you can leave me a little voicemail on what's going on and I might reach back out to you in the future and help you out in the same way I helped Stephanie out today. So that's that. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. And again, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Thanks again. Peace out. I'll see you in the next episode. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski. 
And our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while, and that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.